Welcome to the Subject to Revision podcast. In a society marred with cancel culture, we hope to be a beacon of light. It is here where we will share stories of forgiveness, redemption, and new perspective. We will use our experiences to remind us all of the human condition, one where mistakes and grievances are the seeds of growth and change. Together, we hope to poke through the dark veil of condemnation and show the light that glistens on the other side. Hi, Rosa. Hi, Mark. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining uh, the Subject to Revision podcast. Super special event, uh, as we just talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, we are now international, right? So you yep. are currently where? Where are you located? Portugal? I live in Portugal. You, so you live in Portugal. Um, for uh, for the audience of one, uh, we uh, were introduced through like a recovery meeting on Zoom. And, uh, and then we figured we would chop it up on the podcast and talk about things um, that make most people uncomfortable. It'll probably make us uncomfortable and we can argue and fight and bicker and, um, and we'll see where we end up at the end of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I do like to provide uh, people with uh, an opportunity to kind of introduce themselves to the audience. Um, just so you know, audience wise, the podcast has been listened to like over 3000 times and the most for an episode is about like 300 listens, which is pretty cool um, for like a little, you know, a little thing I made in, you know, in... Okay my apartment <laughs> yeah okay so hi the audience whoever <laughs> is listening from wherever you are uh, my name is rosa i was born uh in lebanon beirut uh lebanon not in u.s lebanon the country and um i my mother took me to france when i was around the age of four fleeing the war <laughs> yeah it's very exciting <laughs> and, and that yeah. sounds very exciting i don't know if i could smile exciting but it certainly <laughs> sounds exciting no i feel like like the the, the, the start is kind of like horrible <laughs> but yeah i mean <laughs> that's like, okay I france and i studied in france mainly i went back to lebanon every summer and i even did a year of study over there and then I mainly, I worked uh, in Luxembourg for seven years. And then I got fed up about the bad weather and a lot of things. Uh, I was very successful. Um, for the people who can't see that at home, there was some air quotes there. Yeah, like successful. <laughs> based on the definition of, you know, basic society definition of successful. Um, but I We already have stuff to talk about. <laughs> What? <laughs> so we already have good stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, but I can say now that I was I was miserable. I was the most miserable. Not that I've ever been, but I was very miserable. Um, so I quit it. I quit everything: the work, the boyfriend, the house, sold everything, and I came to Lisbon. And I'm here for two years now. Well, congratulations! That's that sounds exciting. Um, yeah. So you gave up. So you gave up ev all of you. I mean, you volunteered to remove yourself from all of the things that you had and all the things, as as you put it, um, that society has uh, has deemed makes a person successful. So that means you probably have like a nice job and nice items, and um, I don't know. Would you? What you you had a boyfriend? um and uh probably money money is usually pretty good in our society that's a good thing to have 
a house. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what brought you to the decision to just to act like you were miserable? So I got that. But like, was there a catalyst? Was there a moment where you're like, yeah, no, no more. We're done. Well, I, when, I, when I arrived to Luxembourg, I arrived to like do my end of year, end of study uh, internship. So I wasn't planning on staying that long. I was planning on staying six months. And after six years, I was like, what the hell am I doing here? And I, I tried to be polite. That's why there was a stop. So what? Oh, you don't I, have to be polite. We're not polite. Okay. <laughs> so being here, that's what I was going to say. And... And like what pushed me to change, like I've like I've wanted to leave Luxembourg for quite a while, but I've been in the past and in, in the past years, like I've wanted to leave, but I was with a boyfriend who was very perfect, very everything, nice, good work, good family, good everything, uh, and and I don't know, things were. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. I was. Well, no, we're talking about... Was he happy? We we know where we met, so uh, I was using a lot. I was was using a lot to keep up, to to hide from the fact that I wasn't happy. Um, And yeah, and I think at some point I just realized that I was either going to continue like this and I was going to burn myself out or I could do something about it. Um, I've always said change is good, so I changed did your Did your boyfriend there see it coming? Like, did he see the writing on the wall? Did he know that you were about to just, like, you know, uh, do that thing where you say, hey, I'm going to go out for a pack of cigarettes and then never come back? Uh, well, no, because I would come back. <laughs> because I, I, I was, uh, I think that's the problem with me, and that took me so long to see that I was an addict is that I am a very functional addict. So when you made the decision to sell your things, did it happen all at once? Or were there like stages? Did you sell the house? Did you then break well, up with your boyfriend? Like how did, how did, it, how did it all fall? Yeah, there, um, there were stages. I first t- took care of the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so he had an opportunity to go and uh, travel and for work and new opportunity and I told him take your decision not based on me because we, we're not doing well lately and actually I've been trying to tell him that we needed a break or at, at the minimum we needed a break but um, well he would tell me that we're missing milk so so I kind of waited for that opportunity when he had to go and I told mm-hmm. him let's you know take a break and discuss it after a while you get a chance to see what your life is without me and I get a chance to see what my life is without me and so but I was pretty much clear in my head Uh, then I proceeded on thinking where I wanted to go Uh, and when I finally decided um, well I kind of like quit the job at the same time that I was selling my apartment which it's an apartment, it's not a house, it was a duplex. Okay. Um, but that's like, I don't know, house is home, kind of. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's not a house, it was an apartment. Um, and yeah, like this last part kind of like wrapped up, but I didn't leave having another job opportunity. I left, I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job. 
like that's fine. I, I don't know what I want to do yet um, because my job was also something that I wasn't happy about where I was working, the people for who I was working. Um, and yeah, so I just sold the apartment, shared, split the, the, the benefits, benefit with my ex and, and went on to leave the great life in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have been in Portugal for how long now? Um, two years and a half. Okay. Do you like it better in Portugal? Oh, much better. Can we get to the, I, I guess we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. Because mm -hmm. um, now you're a reasonably happy person without the things that maybe society has deemed are necessary in order to find happiness. Yeah. So I originally started the podcast for for a few reasons. Um, but one of those reasons was that I find forgiveness um, a very influential topic and not something most people are comfortable about. And I think it can be... Um, like you listened to um, the second episode with Marissa and hers was a lot about um, like personal forgiveness, mm -hmm. like the steps that she takes to free herself from things that she feels like guilt or shame about in her past, right? A mistreatment of herself, uh, maybe some mistreatment of others. Um, and then I've had people on that have talked about what it has felt like to forgive other people for their wrongdoings um was your decision like um you made it for you right like yep, you were able to identify things for yourself to treat myself better to respect myself more to look for what i wanted and not what what I, what what I, what was i supposed to want mm -hmm. um Cause yeah, that's pretty much all my childhood and and then my growing up is what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Because well, again, topic that nobody likes. Uh, I I was suicidal mm -hmm. and I actually had uh, made several suicide attempts, which of one, of which one was uh, air quote successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they brought me back, <laughs> so <laughs> I was pretty mad at them for a moment. <laughs> so you, you did everything in your power, um, but uh, I guess yeah. uh, wh whatever powers that be had decided that it wasn't your time yet. No, exactly. I was, so, even joking. I was even joking at the time that like even the man upstairs doesn't want me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you, so you moved to Portugal. Did you have nothing? Like you have like some savings and all that stuff, but like you had to find a place to live. I met I like I wasn't I fell in love with Lisbon, and a few weeks later, I a few maybe a month and a half later, I kind of fell in love with a guy. So I I asked myself for a long time, am I moving to Portugal for a guy, or am I moving to Portugal for me? That was like very important because that's what I've done. Like what I was telling you, that's what I've done all my life. Mm -hmm. following people or doing what I'm supposed to do because apparently what I wanted to do was not okay. So I had to figure out what was I supposed to do and what was the recipe for happiness. And I ended up realizing that, no, the boyfriend, the boyfriend that I have now, uh, the guy that I met 
was just a jackpot. You know, it's just like, I love the country. I love the people. I love the culture. I love the weather. I love the city that I was going to. And just jackpot, you know, like it's yeah. cherry on the cake. I even found a guy. So, so I didn't have nothing because I had that guy. But other than that, I had nothing. I didn't have a job waiting for me. I didn't have friends except my boyfriend. And I do need friends. Like I'm a person who likes people. I mean, I don't love people, but I like to be around them for a weird reason. I mean, of course I like people, but I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I don't like people, but I like my people. That's what I like to say. Exactly. Right? I need right. My people. I need to have a bunch of people that I enjoy being with. And it doesn't have to be like a hundred. I mean, like if I, if I have three or four people, it's enough. I'm, I'm happy yeah. with that. So I think you, you touched on something that's like, um, it like uh, strikes a chord inside me. Um, and that is... Um, I have uh, been around, like I've experienced myself, and I, I've watched people I, I love also kind of battle this. Um, and that is um, like fulfilling the expectations for me that others have of like how my life should play out. Like people have this idea of what is right or wrong for me. Um, that I believe is uh, most of the time unsolicited. I didn't ask them for their opinion. I didn't mm -hmm. ask them for their thoughts. Um, but they have uh, they have uh, no shame in providing me their very specific insight into how um, I should live my life and how I should find happiness. Um, I don't find happiness the way I think a lot of other people do. Um, I like my world small. My circle is small. Um, I think, um, and you, you and I have talked about it a little bit, so we're, we're certainly different in this regard. Um, I, I feel like the scope of my impact while, like, um, while, I'm, like, while I'm doing this thing and I'm alive, um, I can have a, like a, a, a large, like a greater impact on a few than I could have on a many. And so I, I try and keep try and keep myself within the confines of how I can be of service um, because that keeps me happy. I'm not, I'm a pretty simple person. Um, and there, there are plenty of things that other people require or think that they require. I don't know. I'm not going to dig that deep into the lives of others um, in order to feel complete. Um, and uh, I, I've had a lot of things and I've had nothing. Um, and, uh, and I have found happiness in both places. Which to me means that happiness doesn't reside in either. Doesn't it really doesn't reside in the things that I have? Um, it certainly resides for me in the relationship that I have with myself, and the relationship that I have with those close, like inner circle people. Um, when I feel loved, and I feel like I can provide love to to those people, and I feel like that's what I'm receiving. I'm pretty good, regardless of how much money is in my bank account or. Um, of what nice things I can buy or um, how much money I'm making. Uh, I've, uh, and I, it, I think for me, it was like, a, it was more of a lesson to learn. I know uh, after my ex-girlfriend and I broke up, I, uh, I got a new apartment 
and I was living on my own. And one of my favorite hobbies is to golf. I love, I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm an old white guy. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I love it. Right. And so her and I break up and I, uh, at that point I had like put some money together. So I had a savings account. Um, I could afford to golf. And all of a sudden I had all the free time in the world. Cause all I did was work. Um, like I attend like recovery meetings outside of that. I didn't have a whole lot of responsibility. That was it. That's basically the only demands of my life. And, um, I was like hurting from the relationship ending from what it feels like to, to be alone. I'm a, I, I like having a partner. Um, mm-hmm. I like having like a confidant. Um, and I, and I feel not as full without it. Um, I can feel fine, but I, I feel like my highs and my lows, like, uh, I'm in a much tighter band when I'm by myself than I, when, than when I can share it with another person. But okay. I guess moral of my story is, uh, I didn't golf for seven months and that's because I had no desire to. It's one of the few things in this world that like I enjoy doing that brings me happiness. I'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning to do. Um, I could afford it. I had the time to do it. Um, but because other parts of me felt empty, I had no interest in that. Because, like, that's a hobby. I had no interest in hobbies. Because I had um, larger gaps. I had, I had some, some pits of despair. Um, mm. and, uh, and because of that, it didn't matter. So I have money, didn't matter. I got a new car, and that didn't make me happy. Bought a new TV, that didn't make me happy. Um, I paid off a bunch of debt, didn't make me happy. Um, because like there were still some things that like money and a job couldn't buy me. Mm-hmm. And so like I still came home every day and I was sad and I had that feeling of um I guess that Marissa and I have been together for like three years. We just been quarantined together. I'm sure when I get a couple of days where it's me, I like pal out with my cat and I eat nachos and I watch TV and I feel like this is the best thing. But like once I hit about two days, I'm like, all right, well, this sucks. I thought I would have fun for seven, but uh, really all I, so all I need sometimes is like a few hours to myself and I, and I delude myself into thinking I need like a week for myself. Um, but, but you start giving me too much time um, and I, like I feel the loss of having a partner. Yeah. You know? um, I, and um, those expectations that I feel like other people have for my life, I had to learn like what, what I found value in what made me happy. Um, and, uh, and it was really easy to see what happened when I could have things. Um, but I was missing other, like, but I was missing people that I still couldn't get to a place of happy. Like there, there yeah. was something special about having somebody in my life. There's like a sense of comfort and, and peace. Um, and I used to think that was a bad thing, but friends don't feel it. Is that what you're asking? Like if you didn't have a girlfriend, but you had your friends, maybe, um, Maybe they could. I want to say that they can't, but I haven't had like a, I haven't had like a like a, a friend who is that like intimately close to me, in a long time. Like I have, as I've gotten older and, and my close friends have like their responsibilities have grown and their lives have grown. Like nobody has has that much time, for like, their friend. They have some time, but not the time that like a partner has. For, for their other person 
know, there, there's something different to it. Apparently you don't agree. So uh, let's hear less from me and more from you. <laughs> um, no, I, I, it's not that I don't agree. I think it's very different for every person. I mean, we all, we all are so different and we are, we have different needs and different things like that. When you talk about golf, it just, it, like, it brought back to me the fact that uh, I have a hobby that I love. And actually, when, when I broke up with my ex, I just started doing that all the time. It was like, sorry, it was, yeah, kind of, finally. I can, have, like, I can do my own planning. I don't have to do this or that because this person sure. wants this or that. So uh, clearly it wasn't a good match. Uh, we didn't have the same objective and all. So I I took up I took up skydiving, and and that became like and it's still I think one of the moments where I'm the mo- like that moment when I'm at the door and 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 there's like there's a lot of noise like concretely there's a lot of noise but I don't hear anything, and that is just. Oh, that's that. That is like wow. And and I actually I realized. And you said like I haven't done it for seven months. You said that about golfing because you mm-hmm. were missing other things in your life. And um, and I well in my case it's not just that I'm missing something. Uh, is is that um, will COVID happen? Mm-hmm. so um, yeah and I haven't done it for a year I'm not going to put you on the spot I kind of want to but I won't what tell me like I dare <laughs> you to go well, there, no, no, no 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 I don't I don't I'm not daring you to go I guess what I'm asking is you, you have this great partner right yeah yeah so if you could have skydiving or you can have them in your life which would you choose I'm going to be honest I don't know <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, I I love my partner, and he he's bringing me a lot in term in terms of growth, in terms of tolerance, in terms of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as we were saying the other day, relationships are not easy. They are not easy. They say that there are days that I'm like fuck. Like I want I want to leave it all, and I'm I'm an easy leaver. That's my issue. Also, that I'm working on like. Like I, I have lots of issues and I'm working on a lot of stuff beside my addiction, aside my recovery, is I am very easy to quit. Like I'm like, okay, like that, that's why I told you earlier, like I always said change is good. And I've changed apartments so many times in my life, so many places. My cat, who's 13 years old, has had now 11 different apartments. So I can only tell you how many different places I've lived in. Yeah. And and it's just sometimes I have that feeling that it's just so easy to leave. It's just like it's like a, a mathematical problem. I just take myself out of the equation. Like there's a problem I cannot solve, I just take myself out of the equation. And but how do you how do you feel after? What? How do you feel after? Free? Interesting. I usually I usually feel free until the next problem comes along. 
<laughs> and I'm learning today that that I need to revise my um, yeah my my way of coping with things and solving things. I can just run all the time. I cannot just go away all the time. And and then and then in reality, like I feel free on the moment. And then after a few months, I'll feel like okay, like but what is my life about? And then I go back to that place where I don't see the point of being there. So I think, and and I've also been complaining a few times to my therapist that um, like I I felt alone. I I don't have much contact with my family, and like you said, friends are great, but at some point, like my friends also have kids and second kids on the way and buying houses, refurbishing and all that. And so they're busy. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes I'm like, yeah, well, I feel very alone. Um, and I've just learned too much to accommodate with that. And it doesn't make me happy. I mean, feeling free isn't necessarily being happy. I just feel like, okay, I'm free, but it doesn't mean that I'm happy. Um, and do you mean by free, like no longer responsible? Yeah. Like I don't have any, like, I don't have to do anything for anybody anymore. Like I can just do whatever the fuck I want. I want to take my car, travel 10 hours to go somewhere. I'll take my car, travel 10 hours to go somewhere and sleep in the car. And that's what I did for a long time between my ex and my current boyfriend. I would just like, you would wake up at four to go to the golf. I would drive for hours to get to the drop zone, sleep in my car so that when I wake up, I'm the first one in the plane. And I would sleep in the, in the, in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> And there I had, like you say, I had no responsibility to anyone except myself. And, but that is like, I can see how selfish that might sound, but I think that was something that I needed for a period of time because I, for so long, did what I was supposed to do, okay. uh, tried to live up to the expectation of everybody um, and feeling that whatever I did was never enough. Never enough, never enough. I wasn't enough. Whatever I did wasn't enough. Like, and, and so for, at some point I just wanted like to do things for myself. Do you? Do that I liked without thinking about anybody else. But that didn't last, right? Does it feel, because um, this, so this is something you're, you're working through, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Is it is it fair to refer to it as like abandoning? Is that okay? That I abandon everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you say so you abandon, um, so that way you can only be responsible to your for yourself, and like yeah. these other responsibilities, you can just. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is uh, I have this habit also to put everybody before me. Mm -hmm. So everybody needs need to be satisfied before I can think of myself. Got it. Do you do you feel that that is like a very um, narrow outlook on caring for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I need I need to be able to do it differently. I mean, I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, I, I feel like. 
I, I feel like when I run from things, like mm-hmm. when when I abandon, because like I don't know, I'm human. I want to jump ship sometimes, um, and I've certainly jumped ship in the past. And yes, it, uh, there is a a sense of freedom. I'm gonna get all fucking weird on you, so don't mind me. I get a, I would get a sense of freedom, but I would equate for me. I'm just gonna speak for me. I'm not Rosie. You know, you mm-hmm. you live your life. Um, that sense of freedom for me was similar to the relief that drugs provided me. It was very mm-hmm. short term, because the 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 shit that got me to a place where I felt like my only escape was to just fucking abandon it all with the what I used for me, the excuse of like caring for me. Um, like like eventually you got to work through that stuff. Like eventually I felt happy. And and what I would do was I would continue to bring that that person into the next thing in my life, thinking I'm gonna do it different this time. And I would never do it different. I just continue to bring me. And then I would get to a point where similar to you, but I can be passive at times. I don't think I am nearly as passive anymore as I once was. Um, where like, I was like a pot that was on simmer, but eventually boil over, you know, like, and then when it boiled over, I'd be like, peace, I'm out. Um, but like, like that person always showed up, just always showed up. I thought that I was freeing myself from my own bondage. And what I would learn over time was that, mm-hmm. like, I just escaped one cell and put myself right in the next one. And then I would go through the same process, the same machination, same sh- I when uh, for me, like, in our recovery process, I felt like I was just, like, writing this. Like, I, I told the plot never changed. Like, the cast of characters would change in my story. But, like, the plot was always the same. Like, you could basically outline... Like uh, like eighteen month, two year, three year stretch of my life from beginning to end, rinse and repeat. Did the same shit every time, shocked and appalled every time I got the same thing I had always gotten. Um, and then I would escape, be like, oh, I'm free. Yeah. And then and then eighteen months later, right back in it, new partner, new job, living somewhere else, new apartment feeling the exact same misery that I was feeling the last time I abandoned ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's hard to, it was really hard for me to um, like acknowledge and start. I had to like really like dive into what my role was in mm-hmm. my sadness, in my discomfort. Um and that is uncomfortable to like be like, yeah. fuck, man, I'm just doing this to myself over and over and over again. Here we go. Same oh, fucking story. 100% like this. I'm, just, I'm fully aware that I'm doing this to myself. And that's the thing that sometimes like pisses me off is that I'm very self-aware. I, I don't like I, I lie to myself very easily, but I know it. I adapt very easily and therefore become whoever you need me to be. I know it. Like. I know that, and like I, I quit things very easily. I know that, and that that's why this time, like I've started like a business with some friends, uh, and at some point they they just pissed me off, 
I, I and I didn't want to lose my friends. So I was like, okay, guys, I think I'm just gonna quit. And but I didn't. We talked about it and we found another way of doing things. And I'm starting another business with some other friends. And I hope that won't happen because I mean, and if if it happens, I just don't I just don't quit. And I the same with my relationship right now. It's not very easy, but I don't want to quit. And so what do, what do you do? What's the, what like what are you, what are you changing? I try to What's talk the... about. I try okay. to talk about it more. I think before I would be like more uh, just getting angry by myself, not say anything. Yeah, I still do that. I just did that this then, week. <laughs> and then, and then you know, like I blow up, and then I am angry at myself for blowing up, and. Um, and so I had to accept that I, so I had to accept that I didn't have to be perfect. And it's not like, so I think j- just to link back to that, the forgiveness thing, mm-hmm. because for me that, that has a lot to do with forgiving myself and forgiving my mom. Because the way my mom treated me made, made me have a lot of coping mechanism that worked when we're, I was young. Okay. It helped me survive. Yep. And I, but I had to abandon her at some point. And that big, big abandonment that I created, like I abandoned her, and it's really the word that I used when, when I talked about it. It's like I felt like I abandoned my mother, which it's not supposed to be like that. Usually parents abandon their kids, not the other way around. But, you know, I was taking care of my mother, taking care of a lot of things. So, and therefore, after that, I was like, well, I did the biggest sin ever. I abandoned my mother, I failed her, and therefore, like, whatever I do in this life to try to make up for that will never be enough because I'm a piece of shit. Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bad daughter. I'm a bad daughter. I, I, I choke when I say that. Um, and, and what I'm realizing now, well, I'm going to therapy, I'm going to recovery, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying, and, and a few weeks ago, I was even thinking like, I'm, I'm done with recovery because that's, that's so easy to do for me. Like I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. It's okay. I just gonna move on because I know that I'm going to make it up. Like I'm, I'm going to land on my feet. I'm a cat. Like, and I don't have nine lives. I have like, I don't know, 200. <laughs> and so, like I have no doubt that I'm going to land back on my feet. And, but this time around, like I'm tired of landing back on my feet. My, my legs are getting tired if I can make that metaphor. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I really want to try to understand how can I stay in a place or in a relationship or in a partnership or in a project and, and not like, it's kind of like self-harming myself every time that I abandon them, something. Like you were saying, like, what is my part in my misery? It's like, well, it's like self-flagellation, like, oh, well, I'm no good. Uh, people would be better without me and schla and schla. And, and so I just quit everything and I leave. And, and then I'm complaining that I'm alone. And I have nobody in my life, that I don't have a family, that, well, my family is cuckoo, but I could build a new family. Every, every family is cuckoo. Yeah, I'm not going to go into detail right now, but yeah, I have I have part of my family. Who, like, should I say that? I feel like I'm gonna get arrested if I say that. I have at least two people in my family who are like pro ISIS. So, cuckoo, cuckoo, like big time. 
Um, and of course, there are some people in my family that are really, really nice, actually. But yeah, it's like no connection. But I could build a family of my own. Like that was my point. Is that I, I complain that I don't have a family. My family, like my basic family, is cuckoo. But I could build a family of my own. But how can I do that if I keep leaving? Yep. How can I do that if I keep letting it go every time it gets hard? Like I, I feel like it's kind of like hypocritical. Like I want a family, but I don't want the hard moment that goes with it. Like so. And I feel like that's who we have our our hardest moments with. Right, there is, Marissa and I talk about it a lot, but there is, um, there's like this luxury that comes with people we trust won't leave in the way that we treat them. If I, if I really believe in how somebody cares for me, I take advantage of that care. They get treated a little worse than a stranger will, or a little worse than a stranger, uh, than like a coworker will. There is, or they, like, I would never treat Marissa's parents the way sometimes I treat my own. Like they're, my, my parents um, bear a special burden for no reason other than they are my parents. And I feel like no matter what, they can't rid themselves of me. So I can be as big an asshole as I want to be. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter. Because they're not actually going to completely leave, there will they will always be a little bit around. Hmm. Uh, and other people, it's real easy for them to just be like, "You want to know what? I don't got to deal with this." So those those people um, see it like I see it happen sometimes from Marissa and her family with like her siblings or like you can you can have the fight even like partners right like romantic part you can lay into a romantic partner in a way you would never do like a coworker. And that's because like there's this unspoken thing where like you're probably not going to just abandon me if I lay into you real good. Um, I take I take advantage of it sometimes. I don't want to, but like I, I feel like I can and so I do. It's that thing I'm that human beings do, right? Like we give an that. inch and we take a foot. I don't feel that. I'm usually the opposite. It's because I think people are going to leave because people don't actually care. I feel okay. like I do 10 times more work and 10, I'm 10 times more nice to them and I tolerate 10 times more than I would tolerate anybody because I'm afraid that I'm going to be abandoned. And that's why most of the time I go before anybody else goes. I am just so afraid of left. You know, I got to do it first. But you leave. Yeah. So you, you deal with the emotions of not having that person in your life regardless, right? You just like preemptively do it. Like, yeah. I just I just admit defeat. You're going to leave. I'd rather be the one to just peel the Band-Aid off and I'll just take care of it yeah. now. Rather than like endure yeah. more pain. Um, is there like a piece of like control and knowing that you're the one who left as opposed to them leaving you? Um, um, I have a deep fear of being abandoned or left. Uh, and, and I need to control my feelings. So if I feel like someone's going to abandon me or is going to leave me or doesn't love me anymore, 
I, I feel sometimes like, am I going to be labeled as a psychopath? Because then mm-hmm. I will do everything in my power to destroy every feeling I have for this person. So I just can't leave. I just can't leave I, without heartbreak or without tears. Or I'm just going to be like, okay, I think we've, you know, reached out the end of our relationship. And that's because you Horrible. already did. You already broke up with them a month before they knew you did. You already processed through all the feelings. Yep. So that way, when you do leave, you can be as like stone cold yep. and apathetic as possible. And they're yep. like, why don't you care? And you're like, I'm, I'm okay. Because you just spent a month caring and they didn't know that you were caring. Yep. Right? Like you, you processed the breakup before. I mean, I've done it. That's why I can describe it. Yeah, yeah. I've certainly done and I've done it repeatedly. Like, I'm a serial breaker. <laughs> <laughs> You're a serial breaker upper? No, no guy has ever broke up with me. Never. You're undefeated. Up until now. <laughs> and, it's, and it's kind of horrible. Uh, because, well, I realized that by doing that, like, I'm not, I'm not giving a chance for anything to, like, I'm not giving the other one a chance to realize that I care, that I'm hurt, that, that all that, and maybe that this person could step up and, and try to help or, and, and the partner. Or you never have gotten a chance to feel what it actually feels like to be abandoned. You're just afraid yeah. of something that you don't get a chance to feel. Well, I felt it um, when I was young. Um, but not with like a romantic partner. No. No. But um, so I'm gonna tell you a little story. I love when, little stories. Um, <laughs> my my mother and I went to visit a friend of hers. Her her daughter was in like was out of home because she was at the university and she had like a little room in like those big buildings with only students living in it, and she had that little room that was like like, I'm sorry, nine square meters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Even an American knows that that's little. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and then when we came back, I was saying like, I don't know, I was like maybe like 12 or 13, something like that. And I was saying like, oh, I can't wait until I'm 18 and I go to study and I'll have my own little place because I was suffocating at my mother. Um... And she answers, you won't leave until you get married. And I answer, like, out of the blue, because I wasn't the type of answering back. Uh, I had to shut my mouth and just lower my eyes, and that's it. And I said, so I'm only going to be able to leave home when I get someone who can suffocate me even in my bed? So that was my definition of a relationship. That someone who is going to suffocate me, and even in my bed, which at least I had that moment of freedom, air quotes, um, <laughs> when I was at my mother. And as for the abandonment part, uh, well, you can see I'm talking about my mother a lot, and I don't talk about my father. My father, I know who he, who he is. I've met him. He just never cared. He never cared about any of his kids. It's not just me. It's just that on top of not caring for me, his family, his parents and his uncles and all that didn't care about me either, where they cared about his other kids. 
because I'm the bastard. I'm the daughter of the second wife. And then he went back with his first wife. And so I was always the black sheep. And when I was in France, I was marked as the Lebanese girl. And every time I would go to Lebanon, I was marked as the, the, the French sister. Got it. So when you know all that, there's, you recognize uh, the problem of not belonging anywhere. You recognize the problem of feeling like you need freedom because someone is suffocating you. And you recognize the fact that I was abandoned anyway because there was someone who was supposed to be very present in my life and it's a man and all that that didn't care shit about me. And the last conversation I had with him uh, clearly ended up with him telling me, go fuck yourself, you're not my daughter. So all that wraps up in a little woman who wants to prove that... Very powerful woman. A little woman who wants to prove (laughs) that despite her size, she can fuck you up. That's really the... That's the mood I grew up in. Like, I was like... You know, I I tried to be gentle. I tried to be nice. But people would just be horrible. So, you know what? I'm going to be horrible too. I'm going to fuck you up. But I'm going to fuck you up with a smile and a nice face because I'm a little lady. And so I really feel, I'm being very honest here, I really feel like I duped a lot of people during my life thinking that I was this nice little girl, this nice little woman. I do have a good heart, I think, but I've used my appearances and my education and all that to just, you know, uh, people don't expect um, much like they don't see it coming and I'm very like I don't say much and then I just blow up in your face so I'm trying to change that <laughs> and that's what when you ask like uh, what am I doing now to try to change that I talk well I talk I talk because that's what I didn't do before I would keep everything for myself draw on my own conclusion do the question and the answers by myself and do my shit. Not giving any, anybody a chance to give his own answer. Like, do, you have, like, do you have an example? So yeah. you're in a relationship, right? Um, and you're, you're practicing this stuff, right? Because you want to mm-hmm. be better, which I think is like really important, right? Just being able to identify that these things that you've done, this thing that you think may be like a default setting for you, mm-hmm. you want to change, right? Mm-hmm. You want, they don't actually align with your values. There's mm-hmm. trauma. So like you've built, you've built a persona for yourself, right? And now you're I, trying to, un- you know, build a new persona, one that more, more um, clearly aligns with the person that you want to be and the things that you stand for. Um, so how, trying, how do you how do you get there? Yeah, you're trying. How do you get there? Where do you start? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I don't feel like I'm talking to a horrible person. This would be really weird. This is the wrong thing for you to manipulate on. There ain't no money in this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm a horrible person, sure. but I've created that persona to survive through life. But that's sure. why I was miserable. Is because I was projecting that. Like, I, I was becoming someone that I didn't want to be. Of course. Like, working for people who would 
to like the, the business I was working for, I didn't like what they were doing. But I would just, you know, put on my uh, big woman pants and <laughs> and the smile and whatever, charm everybody into doing this and da da and da da, and therefore my boss was happy because everybody was doing as as you know they wanted to do. How did you start to like identify um, what didn't align with you? Like what, like when you started to identify core values. The things that really like are innately Rosa. How uh, did you? How did you start to see? It's a work in progress. I have a hard time, uh, like, pinpointing the moment or what exactly. I just know that I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to cause pain. Mm-hmm. I don't want to okay. be part of anything that causes pain because, like, when I was nine. I wanted to find an island that was never found and create my own community where money wouldn't exist, where it would be just trade-off services and caring for each other. That's when I was nine. Like, that's why I say I think I have a good heart because like, deep down, there's this little girl who just wants to do good in the world. Yeah. And then I've become this person to survive. I went to business school. I did all that I needed to do because they said, if you want to be happy after my... Uh, successful attempt uh, just do your studies find a job find a man uh, or someone you love whatever um, buy a house and have a family and make babies and actually that's that's the last part that I didn't do that's I think that's what saved me because because of how I was treated I always had that kind of like feeling that you know you don't have kids because you need to flee a war or for tax reduction or for shit like that. And and you don't have a kid if you're not ready to give what it takes to this kid. Actually, I think kids saved my life just because at the moment where I had everything on the list and I had to have kids, and I and because I'm a control freak, I had pinpoint exactly when I wanted to be pregnant, like when I wanted to deliver, because I didn't want to be at the end of the pregnancy during the summer because I know that it's horrible. So I've like made the whole schedule and I pinpointed the two weeks in which I should have sex to get pregnant. And that's when I realized when I did that and I had the pin the two weeks, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you really gonna make a kid? Like, like you're, you're not, you're not happy. You're not going to be able to provide to that kid all that he needs. And, and you're going to screw him up or her as much as you're screwed up. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't, and I still have a hard time loving myself and I didn't love myself then. I was like, what am I going to put on this planet? A, a kid who's going to have to deal with me. So that kind of saved me. Um, and, and so that's the basis is I don't want to cause pain. So I think that's, that's where it was like, okay, you don't want to cause pain. So stop taking shit, um, stop working in the place where you're working. You you know, you got to start from scratch. Well, you, but you've, you've done a lot of things, right? Like, uh, diet, lifestyle, you have your, your businesses, right? Like there is, so you you've dove in right the abandoner yep. has dove in head first into yeah. a new lifestyle so tell yeah. 
talk about that a little bit. I, I like that stuff. So talk to let's hear more about that. We've talked a lot about the uh oh, you getting yeah, I know it's getting hot in here. Uh, <laughs> what uh the changes you've made. Yeah. We know so the you, things you didn't like, but let's hear the positive. Yeah, you asked for an example. One of the examples, like one time we had a fight with Pedro and uh, Pedro is my boyfriend. And, and, I, and I was like, okay, I'm done. And I just said those words. But I didn't mean like I'm done with you or like I was done with this conversation, with whatever. And, and if anything, yeah. I was done with myself and I was done with life. And that's where, you know, that anger about myself comes. And I say, I'm done. And he understand that I'm done with him. And so he started packing his things like right away. And I, in my head, I was like, well, you're that fast to go like that that's how easy it is to make you leave and then we got back together and talked and everything but that moment just stuck in my head I was like is it that easy for him to leave me and and this time instead of making the question and giving the answer myself I went to him and I told him look I would like to talk to you about you know like we had an argument and that happened and when you did that that that's the question that came up in my mind like why would you leave so easily like do you actually love me like we're talking about buying a house together at some point like we're really like i really really love this man and now that i'm talking about it i'm rethinking about your question earlier of course i would choose you So, uh, so Pedro, just so you know, if you made it this far, we got to the <laughs> we got to the right answer. <laughs> like, I really do love this man, and I just remembering about that positive moment is, I tell him what it meant for me, and like, can you explain? And he explains to me that no, he was so fast to do his things because he's not in a good place as well, and he felt like he was. He was a burden for me that he met me and I had everything and and then I left everything and I came and I I am with him and now uh, like it's like he's not making me happy. So that's why he was so fast to pack up his things because he loves himself as much as I love myself. So at least on that we're like we're similar. And, and that, like, I almost want to cry now that I'm telling you this, because when he told me that, I was, like, I was grateful, grateful that he was able to say it, and I was grateful that I, let, I gave him a chance to say it, and I didn't do the same shit that is... <laughs> You know, answering myself and and just having my own conclusion. How long ago was that? Uh, that was a year and a half ago, and it still brings up tears. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, it should. Yeah. And so, and you guys are still together. You're you're yeah. happy, right? Like, yeah, yeah, relationship stuff is relationship stuff, but that doesn't deter exactly. from the happiness that like a a partner can bring. You know, um, and I know like what we were talking about earlier and the reason why, why I asked that question um, is because like people 
people bring something like a like a a person who like really like really knows me takes the time to like invest in this this thing with me um and sees that value in me that sometimes i don't even see in me it's nice to have that person that can that can remind me and kind of like pull me back um yeah i i I would i would much rather have that person than have my favorite hobby and i know what it feels like to not have to like have that void but Mm -hmm. be able to you know to do the other shit to to buy the new car to have the tv to you know, to to go golfing, to 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 invest these things in myself. Um, for me, as a person, that like that human connection, like that that very special human connection, um, has right. way. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's so I, much I, more value. I agree with you. It's just that not you know, like we've been into this for like an hour almost. Yeah, fifty eight minutes. <laughs> and I'm opening up, and I'm like getting more real if i can say i think that when you asked me the question earlier there is like still this part of me who wants to be strong uh indestructible whatever 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 well no i mean i can be fine with just my freedom and my passion (laughs) like and i have this song in my head it's a french song and but it goes like i don't need anybody on my harley davidson And, and like that song has been in my head forever. And I actually have my motorbike license. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I think I, that persona, that part of me that is like strong and it's necessary. I'm not like, I don't want to give up on that part of me because I don't think it's a whole made up person. Mm -hmm. It's characteristic of myself that I just put forward because I needed them to survive. And now yeah. I realize that I am not anymore in need of survival. I need to live. And in order to live and in order to feel and, 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 and find happiness, I mean, when you're in survival mode, you don't need to be happy. You just need yeah. to survive. And, and now that I'm done, I, I understood that I don't need to survive anymore. I can thank that part of me and tell her, thank you, hard and strong <laughs> one. I need you less now, and I need more the smooshy, kind, uh, <laughs> funny part of myself. I can let this one grow now. I can let this one take its place. And, and, and for me, all that is still part of forgiveness. I have to forgive myself for pushing those nice parts of me down because I needed to survive, because I'm in a conflict in my head, thinking like, yeah. oh, I'm such a horrible person in the past. Well, I haven't. I've just done whatever it took to survive. I mean, I went from living with rats to uh, living in an apartment in Lisbon with the view on the river. You know, I mean, okay, that's, we know those things are not, but still, I mean, when you're living with rats, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sorry, but an apartment with a roof and, and, and no rats, okay. and, and you really really helps <laughs> yeah oh don't get me wrong they, uh, things are nice like the things that i earn are nice yeah. Exactly. um yeah i was i guess i was just all i was speaking to was that like there are some things that i can't 
um, I can't buy my way out of. There are some, there are some, but that doesn't mean that I don't, I don't like that. I mean, the people on the podcast can't see the huge TV behind me on the, like there are things that, that <laughs> I like, you, you know, um, and, and that I feel like that I've earned. I know when I first started like the recovery process, um, someone told me that like what I was, was like a block of granite. Um, and like, I was like weathering storms. And, uh, and being in a process for a while of like introspection and, and working on myself and, and, and trying to build that better relationship with myself. Like I'm just, I'm chiseling away like the stuff that's not needed anymore um, to like, um, to be present as who I am, right? Oh, I don't, you do your thing. I quit a few years ago, but uh, I'll just be jealous <laughs> more than I will anything else. I've quit, quit lots of things, but I, I miss that more than I miss most things. Um, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. Uh, I don't miss it. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it. Uh, just, <laughs> audience, I'm going to smoke <laughs> It's bad. It's really oh, bad. You're, you're doing fine. What else have you, um, like, how else have you invested in you? Yeah. So, uh, no, it's just, I wanted to give another example, kind of. Yeah, like, go for it, please. Under, under relationship still. Um there was this other time, like, okay, we've talked about how I can build up a persona and just live by that persona, through that persona, and just, you know, be on the background. And I think that's part of, like, I, the other day I was telling you, like, I feel like I'm half here and half not here. Mm -hmm. And this is part of it. It's because I live through that persona, and then, you know, I'm, and I don't let anybody see all the other parts. And one time, uh, we were on holiday in Italy, and... Um, and we were with his parents and stuff. So we are okay. in that Airbnb, and and we have our own room. And there's a closet in the room. And I'm not feeling well. I'm not like I'm not feeling well. Not physically. I'm not feeling well in my head. And I go hide in the closet and cry in silence in the closet. Like literally, because I'm tiny enough. <laughs> I went in the closet and closed the door of the closet and cried by myself in the closet in the dark. And Pedro is looking for me. And at some point he comes and he sees that. Like he can hear something in the closet and he opens and he sees me crying and he's like, what, what's happening? Why, why don't you come talk to me? Why don't you? And I'm like, I don't want to burden you. I, I don't want to worry you. I'm fine. I'm just having that kind of like depressed moment or whatever. And then he tells me something that again, touched my heart a lot. Uh, and he said, Rosa, I'm in a relationship with you. And I want to see all of you. You don't get, and that's what he said, you don't get to pick and choose the nice part that you want to show me. And I don't know, it just gives me the goosebump. Just that. Yeah, me too. This man, uh, how hard that our relationship can be sometimes, that man wants to see all of me. That man wants to be with all of me with the good and the bad. And, and again, it sounds very corny or whatever, but like, that's probably, it's thanks to him that I can finally see that I'm, I'm allowed to be whoever I am. And, and I'm, and so I haven't done much. I mean, he's been helping me a lot, actually. I feel like in that moment in particular, he's the one who said something that meant a lot to me 
and he's allowed me to be upset. He's allowed me, like, I've started to learn how to show my emotions without, like, at first, of course, because I'm a very extreme person. Like, like you said, like, I, I change, okay, I change everything. Like, okay, let's go. But, of course, so when I was, like, allowed to be angry, allowed to be unhappy or whatever, then I would be, like, angry, angry and explode. And unhappy, and I would crumble in, on, on the floor. I'm very dramatic. Um, <laughs> but now I'm learning also to just say, like, I am not happy. I am angry. Like, there, this is upsetting me. Instead of making a whole drama about it and having to go through a whole fight. So I think really, like, talking about things, allowing, like, yeah, allowing myself to say the things and allowing others to have something to say back. And also something that I've really, really, really changed is listening. Because uh, a lot of time I would like hear what a person say and I'm already building in my head what I can say that is contradictory. Even though I might agree with you, but because I'm, I, I, have, I have to be opposed. Like, it's like, it was something like, also a defense mechanism, I have to defend whatever, like, I have to disagree, I have to disagree, I have to disagree. And so now I'm just, or I have to defend myself or something. And so now I'm just like, okay, now when things are not, like, things are not okay, you know, in our relationship, I go to Pedro and I'm like, what is it what is it that you know you're unhappy about or like I'm even sometimes initiating like okay tell me what you know tell me give me and the few first time he would say well there's this and then I would be like yeah but and I would have an explanation for it and now I'm more just listening and even if I have this yes but in my head I just push it away and I'm like okay <laughs> and I just let it sit there for a few days just to see how, what he said, like how, what he said was, what did he want to say? And not what did I want to hear that would be uh, conflict, like going through the go for the conflict instead of going for the solution. So those are like multiple things that I would say. So you're learning to be a, you're, yeah, you're learning to be a better communicator. Um, I think, um, Poor communication. That's the what thing. was that? I was very good at talking before, but it was always to manipulate the world around me, not necessarily consciously. Like it's just that that was my default pattern, and now I'm really learning to be a communicator, not a manipulator, not an influencer. I'm just I want to communicate. I want to give, but I want to receive, and that's the part that I think I wasn't good at it before. I, I didn't want to receive. Yeah, part of communication is like the capacity to listen, like actually listen to someone's complete like set of thoughts. Yeah. Not just pausing someone the moment that you feel is free to interject before you have um, a full story. I know um, they it's referred to as like soft skills, but I feel like... Um, in my life, like one of the largest failings that I get to experience is breakdowns in communication. Um, and I, I've invested 
a lot of time and energy into not failing at that. And for me, not failing at that is um, doing things really similar to what you just said that you do, right? Like I, I try to be a good listener. Um, I try and not um, offer unsolicited advice to people who aren't asking. Um, I try, I, I like Marissa and I can have a conversation, right? And she'll be done speaking. And I'll say, do you, do you want my opinion or my thoughts? Or did you want me to just be a listener? And then she'll tell me before I just go, oh, well, this is how I see it. This person should be doing that. You should be doing that. And like all of a sudden it's like I'm playing chess with somebody else's life. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and, and sometimes all that she wants is somebody who will listen. Just wants yeah. me. She just, um, and I, I know for me when I first got clean um, and like being in recovery, it was so valuable to me uh, to to have a chance to finally be heard. I just wanted to be heard. Like being able to like share at a meeting, um, having people like ask me things. Like I finally felt like I, like I had a voice, at least for like three minutes an evening, I had a voice, right? Like, and I wanted so much to just be, to just be heard that it was, um, it was really nice. So I try and like, I try and carry it into all parts of my life. I try and like, um, I was taught, and I, I, we won't get into this, but we'll do an episode number two because this is a can of worms. I'm a, I'm afraid to open, but um, I was taught that God, right, that word we hate, that thing, right, whatever, whatever that is, um, it exists in the place between what we're thinking and what we say and what we do. Mm-hmm. In that space between is where that thing lies. Um, that God lives between our thoughts and our actions. Um, mm-hmm. And so I try to remind myself that like, that like that part of me that is an expression of, of, of who I am, like my, my pure values um, comes from the pause that happens after being a listener before I'm about to be the speaker. Um, and I need to take that time if I'm going to be of service to the person I'm communicating with. Yeah. Not always easy to do. A lot of times I just want to like interject. I want to, I want, oh, I have something really good to say here. You know, like, let me, you know, I don't want to forget this one. My thoughts are obviously super great. Everybody needs to hear them right away. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> But um, but that's not true. Um, uh, it's a it's like a it's a form of arrogance, and and people deserve um, their opportunity to share like their lives from like from their perspective, and just have someone who cares for them take time to to just listen, to just mm-hmm. listen, and yeah. it's like uh, um, yeah, it came up for us recently. Um, like the 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 power of even saying I'm sorry, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. there's just an an acknowledgement. I feel like as a listener, I'm just an acknowledger. I'm like I'm allowing someone to like share their things where I'm paying attention and like acknowledging their reality as they saw it, and that has a lot of power. 
um, and it has a lot of meaning for another person if I'm able and have the capacity to do it. So I try and be better at it, but I mean, sometimes still I suck and I just, you know, just start fucking running my mouth, um, <laughs> getting in my own way. Uh, I'm, if you, you shared a couple of like very heartwarming stories. Uh, I hope you, uh, that's the kind of shit that like, I, like I grasp on, like it gets like a couple of asterisks and, highlights and all like uh, those are the things that I go to um when I have moments where I can forget when when Marissa and I uh, first went into lockdown for COVID uh, I sat her down and I was like I think this would be a good time for us to write down um what I refer to as reasons why I love you lists because I wanted like I knew we were going to be tucked away together I knew it was just going to be us and uh and I know that like we don't always agree but I didn't want to forget why I love her because I was angry at something that was happening in a moment that will only exist for that moment. And sometimes that's the place that I'll go to where I forget the importance and the value that I have of someone in a moment because I'm, I'm heated or I, I'm angry or I'm upset or I'm frustrated or I'm whatever. Um, and I didn't want to go there. I don't want to be that person who does that I, thing. I got I, I to gotta thank you because... This whole conversation, I went from being kind of like, yeah, I don't care, whatever, to remembering <laughs> remembering why I chose that man. Yeah. yeah. I decided to stay and try to stay with him, not to try to stay with whomever was in my life at that moment. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to say thank you for this whole uh, conversation because my pleasure. I'm much more smooshy and, and comfortable <laughs> <laughs> and, and also like this uh, do you want my opinion on this this sentence um, is something that I've just started like a month ago because before like I would listen to people even take notes like definitely like pen and, and I have like a book where I take notes of everybody who tells me their issues because I'm also that kind of person that people come to to talk about their issues um, and I don't mind, it's okay. Uh, and then would be, I would be like, okay, so let's go through all this. Like if I was their therapist, <laughs> I mean, I, I spent 20 years in therapy, so, and counting. So I have like, this automatic <laughs> thing that yeah. I want to do, but I realized that, well, I'm not their therapist first. And I am not a therapist, second. Like, I haven't studied for that. <laughs> and, and third, they, need, they, they might not need that at that moment. They might not want that at that moment. And whatever analysis I can do from whatever they said, it, I might do more harm than good, actually, because maybe they're not ready to hear that. Maybe I can see stuff because, okay, I have practiced with therapy. And that's something that my therapist explained to me. Like she has patients that she can't, they come and the first day she knows what's going on. But it might take them a year or two years for them to see it. And it's not her job to point what's wrong. It's her job to just be there and guide them while they are understanding what's going on. And so, well... I don't want to become a therapist, or I don't know, maybe one day. I mean, <laughs> I, I consider that we can always change everything and do something different. Um, but from now on, I'm 
trying really to ask if the person wants my opinion. And if they say yes, then I would. And if they say no, then I shut up. And I'm just. <laughs> and, and that's also being a friend. And that I have that weird misconception that I would only be a good friend if I would solve everybody's problem. Yeah, good and, point. I think that's a that's a a very wise statement. Um, and a lot of people, myself included. Um, get lost in the thought that that's what people are looking for, that they're looking for a solution out of me, when really what they're looking for is like love and support and a good listener for a moment where they can just vent and be vulnerable um, yeah. without judgment and without somebody trying to trying to solve their life for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Rose, I had such a good time. Um, I do want to give, uh, we're in the, um, we're in my bedroom um, and I, I feel bad because we don't got a couch yet. So I've been lo- locked wrist out for an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. let her back in. It's the only TV in the place. Um, but I did. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for for taking like an hour and a half. Um, and we'll we'll continue to chop it up offline. Um, but uh, yeah, I really do appreciate you taking the time to to join me today and and our our audience, whoever it is. And we'll uh, we'll share with everyone. But uh, but it was great. Um, and I look forward, hopefully, to uh, to another round. Um, yeah, not too I, long from now. You, I really want to thank you, and I hope I wasn't too dark. See, if anything, to wrap up is I have a lot of forgiving to do myself. So, because I realized that I spent probably half of our conversation uh, saying shit about myself, um, like how how bad of a person I was. So. Um, but, you know, but you're not. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> and I really wish we. I mean, I hope we're doing. We're going to do that again, offline or online. However, we're going to do both. Thank you very much, and no. thank you to all of the listeners. <laughs> and, and yeah, hope you get something out of it. Same here. Same here. Thank you so much, Rosa. Enjoy the rest of your day, or I guess your night. Um, and I'm going to go have some lunch, but we'll talk soon. I'm going to cook a quiche. I'm going to send you the <laughs> pictures and recipe. Please do. Please do. I got two people waiting outside that can't wait to cook it, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, Rosa. Bye. Bye, Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Subject to Revision podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and numerous other platforms. We plan on releasing one episode per week. If you have any suggestions or questions about our podcast, please email us at subjecttorevision2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to your continued support.